Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Kaleidoscope FM podcast. Well, hello. So it has been quite a while since I recorded a tip episode. And what I realized, so I'm recording this episode before I record my episode, which will probably be published first, where I talk about my life updates and things like that that have been happening. But I felt this was actually something I had wanted to record for a while, but particularly after experiencing what I went through, which you can refer to in my episode two episodes before this, because whenever I publish this, it'll be for the, uh, it'll be episode 41. Excuse me. Okay. In episode 41, I gave you an update on my life, what has been happening, all of the things. But what I realized in going through that journey of several months, which again, you can refer to, I'm not going to talk about it in this episode, but essentially what I realized was if you have been listening to my podcast for a while now, you would know that I started this when kind of when I was coming out of recovery slash healing slash whatever you want to phrase in terms of disordered eating, binge eating, that sort of thing, where there were a lot of different tools that I had to use in order to recover in that way. And the one I want to focus on today are coping strategies. Now, I want to make the disclaimer that coping strategies, although very helpful in terms of redirecting our habits into more healthy and holistic ways, are not meant to be band-aids for deeper problems or issues that you might be facing. And so, yes, it might. So there there are instances where maybe you just had a stressful experience at work and you just need a coping mechanism to like kind of help you de-stress. And in that case, maybe there isn't like a deeper meaning or something. But other times in our life, maybe something triggers us You can go listen to the episode with Adina on triggers. I think that's episode 40. Sometimes something triggers us and it has more of a deeper meaning. And when there's something deeper, I don't want coping mechanisms to be just a constant band-aid fix for you. I mean, you can do it in the moment to kind of make yourself feel better. But at the end of the day, you're still going to have that deeper thing that you need to uncover. So that being said, I just want to say coping strategies aren't meant to be a band-aid fix for deeper issues that you might need help with. In fact, I'll also mention when I fully accepted and realized that I needed to get help for my disordered eating, I went to a therapist for a period of time and that was hugely beneficial for me to understand the root of where a lot of my limiting beliefs were coming from. And that more internal work that was manifesting in my disordered eating. And so although coping strategies are a great great way to prevent yourself from overeating, disordered eating, finding a different method to healthily channel your feelings, they aren't band-aids, okay? (laughs) So that being said, now I will talk about these coping strategies because like I said, not everything might have a deeper meaning that you need to uncover. Maybe you just are 
for instance, I have been doing schoolwork and sometimes that gets stressful and I instantly, my, my natural instinct is to eat when I'm stressed, when I'm concerned about schoolwork and that's not some deeper thing I need to talk to a therapist about. I'm just, or if I need to pack and I'm procrastinating and I'm stressed, sometimes I'll just want to eat. And those are the types of things where these kind of coping strategies can very be, can be very helpful. So I broke it down into eight main categories and this is by no means an exhaustive list I also thought this would be useful just because we aren't generally taught this and even when I googled coping strategies I didn't find a list of just these types of things so stuff I found was like the most unhelpful it was just like re-examine the problem I mean yes I understand where they're coming from when they say stuff like that but like if you're stressed or if you're anxious or you're sad or in the moment and you we naturally gravitate towards a quick fix which again the quick fixes might be something that can be more or less healthy for you than others and that's why I put together this list of coping strategies in the moment for something when you're feeling those feelings and you need something that kind of helps you bounce back. So here are my eight. So I broke it down into eight. One is movement. Two is get in nature. Three is sense slash, sense slash senses. Four, breathing slash meditating. Five is let the feelings out. Six is watch slash listen slash read. Seven is spirituality. And eight is work. So starting from the first one, which is movement, this is literally just a list. And so I could have just listed them off really quickly for you, but that's why I decided to break them down into more structured categories. Because for instance, if you're at work, you're not just going to be able to drop everything and head into nature or maybe go for a walk. So that's why some of these, or I categorize them in a way to make them hopefully more useful and beneficial in terms of when you're feeling something and you need help to kind of alleviate that. So movement, number one movement, you can go for a walk, you can go work out, you can go for a run, you can work out at home, you can even just like get up and move your body. I can't tell you the amount of times I've been sitting on the couch or laying on the couch or like watching a show for a while and something from like the TV show or the movie kind of triggers me and I start feeling a certain way. And then just purely because I'm resting in a position for so long, the feeling keeps building up. And if you listen to me, you're, you probably know about Tony Robbins, huge guy in the self-help area and like other industries as well. But he mentions so frequently about how just movement and your physiology impacts how you feel and so the amount of times I have gotten up and realized it changes my mood so many times so just get up stretch or just do anything that slightly moves your body change your position I don't personally do yoga but there are so many yoga people who are diehard yogis so I am adding that to the list you can dance you can rollerblade, you can skate, you can do so many different forms of movement. Whatever movement that you enjoy, do that. So that's movement. Number two is get in nature. Nature has been proven, I think there's something to do that's called like fractals that are in nature that are meant to be calming. I don't have, maybe don't quote me on that, but I remember hearing something similar in a podcast, but nature just really helps us. 
I'm not going to give you any scientific backup explanation for that, but I think that's a common rule of thumb people can probably acknowledge because we are creatures of nature. We are animals first and foremost. So get in nature, go for a hike or a bike ride or swim if you like swimming go for, um to the for i personally am like a forest creature i love forests when i get really sad i tell my boyfriend please bring me to a forest in fact that literally happened like two years ago i was really sad one day and i was like i just want to be in a forest which that sounds ridiculous but it 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 calms you down so much maybe not you for you a forest but maybe you're like mountain trees or to a body of water like when people go to the water a lake, even just like going to a patch of grass or a field nearby or a park or laying down or sitting down in the grass or just really bringing yourself in the moment to observe the animals around you, that can be helpful. So that is getting in nature. Number three is sense slash senses. And I love this one because it, I think there was a lot of attention drawn to sense when people started to lose their sense of smell during covid in fact they even mentioned how scents are so important because they trigger memories and that can be i was so that didn't happen to me i didn't lose my sense of smell at all since covid started but i was thinking about it and i was like that would be really sad if there are certain scents that i smell and i'm like oh this triggered like a really nice memory of my grandmother or something like that or this funny memory of something else. So scents are really great ways of kind of getting, making you happy or better in the moment or just improving your mood. So things you might be able to do in terms of scents or just the senses are take a bath. Um, I have like a soft blanket. I love soft blankets. Or maybe you're like a robe person, like a get out of the bath and like put on like a fuzzy robe. Robes are great too. Uh, you, I haven't done this myself, but this would be a great idea. Even if you don't wash your bed sheets, I heard someone put them in the dryer and added, I don't remember what they're called, but those like, those kind of scent smell things, like they're, they're kind of like a weird fabric thing you toss in with the dryer that kind of makes them smell nice. Do that for your sheets and that way they like just feel fresh and smell nice and wonderful. And then there are different types of aromatherapy. So I have several diffusers. I don't use them all the time, but when I do, it's so nice because it makes my house smell like a spa because you can add different scents. There's ones to like relax you, to energize you. There's ones that are like orange and peppermint. And there's other ones that are like lavender and tea tree oil and things like that. So diffusers are great. You could take a shower, taking showers just... I don't know about you, but if I'm not feeling good and I take a shower, something about getting clean makes me feel so much better. So consider taking a shower. Also, I recently listened to a podcast where Tony Robbins mentioned that he takes this cold shower in the morning, and I've recently been trying it the last few days. It's actually been really nice. I mean, don't I'm not going to lie. I get in and I'm like, holy fool, this is cold as if. Um, but afterwards I feel so good after like a minute or two in the like freezing cold water. I'm just like, I am ready to start my day. So showers, the soap, shampoo, conditioner you use, just like choose like really nice smells that like make you like just feel positive and happy. Uh, maybe you want to like spray some, I don't know if like you're into cologne. I mean, 
by all means, cologne is perfectly, whatever cement, well, <laughs> I've been doing this thing where I combine two words and I like don't say either one properly. Smells slash scents. Uh, you can spray like cologne or perfume or like if you like Febreze, anything like in your house that has an aroma that you like that also can, something you can do. You could light, light some incense. I used to be so big on incense in college. I haven't been using incense that much, but that was something that I really enjoyed, mostly in the winter time. I don't use air fresheners, but there are those plug-in the wall air fresheners. Maybe that's something you might like. So those are a bunch of ideas in terms of scents and senses that might improve your mood and make you feel better. Now, moving on to number four, which is breathing slash meditating. So deep breathing. There are so many different ways of working on your breathing. I am not going to tell you all the different ones, but they're in, I think it's, it's one of the ones with Adina. So it's 39 or four, episode 40 with Adina, where she takes us through a breathing exercise. You could go check that out. Otherwise, just go to YouTube or Google breathing exercises, literally just like anything that is calming breathing that will help you and just taking a pause in the moment and really focusing on being in the present moment so I will not have published this episode when I publish this episode yet because I have it pre-recorded but I plan on releasing it after this episode but when it does release there is an episode that I have recorded with a woman named Kate Hudson Hall who is a therapist in the UK and she talks about something called the emotional freedom technique or the tapping technique. So this is something that I'm not going to explain it myself because I would be a ter do a terrible job at it but you tap certain places on your body and it helps de-stress you or calm you down from whatever emotion you're feeling that is the briefest way of me explaining it go look it up I think it sounds awesome also I recorded an episode with Kelly um, I will double check which episode that is but she mentions Kelly Kessler she's a physical therapist I will mention that in the show notes but she talks about um, chronic pain and not just chronic pain, but just ways to activate the parasympathetic system, which is your rest and relaxation and restore system in your body. And singing or humming activates the vagus nerve, which activates that parasympathetic state. And so if you sing or hum, this is something that my grandmother told me from a young age, and I just didn't believe her, and I didn't know the science behind it. But if you start singing, it is very difficult to be sad, unless you're singing sad songs and you're just really sad. But even when you're singing sad songs, there's something about singing that does actually make you feel better, and it's because scientifically it activates that parasympathetic system. So sing your home. Also, you can meditate. Uh, I will link in the show notes the Adult Chair podcast. I haven't listened to this one in a while, but I did listen to one of their episodes. This would have been a year or two ago where they talked about they they took you through a meditation of kind of releasing your inner child and feeling certain colors and parts of like trauma in your body. I am probably doing a terrible job at explaining this, but there are so many different types of meditation you can do. Again, that's something you can look into for yourself. So as I said, this is not an exhaustive list, but there are so many different ways you can do this. So that was number four, breathing and meditating. Let's move on to number five, let the feelings out. 
So you can journal out your feelings. That was something I did for a long time and it was really helpful for me. I noticed it's very therapeutic. Just writing out your feelings is sort of similar to when you talk about your feelings, but journaling out your feelings is just also very therapeutic. So speaking of that, if you don't like the idea of journaling out your feelings, you could also just call a friend or a family member or someone and talk about it or just talk about anything and feel better. Um, or you can have a damn good cry. There is nothing wrong with having a damn good cry. Let's all just, let's appreciate the cry. <laughs> okay. I don't know about you, but sometimes, uh, especially when I'm being like super hormonal and I have like nothing to actually like feel sad about. And I'm just like, I just need to cry. I'm sure everyone's been there at some point anyhow. And I'm sure there's plenty of things that we do have actual things to cry about, but it is perfectly okay to just have a damn good cry. And I just felt the need to say that. And yes, I did say that three times. So let those feelings out. Don't let them bottle up. It's not good. All right. Number six is watch slash listen slash read. This is literally pretty much anything. So like watch a happy or uplifting movie or YouTube video or listen to a happy or uplifting music, listen to a podcast or an audiobook, or read a book or draw or paint or color. Um, there are those, those like meditative meditation coloring books. I knew a girl um, who was really into those and I have not done them myself, but when I do paint, it feels very meditative and it's meant to kind of generate that meditation sort of state meditative state because you're very immersed in making sure that you're coloring properly anyway there are so many different things that you could do in this respect so a lot of one of my like top coping strategies when I'm not feeling super great is to go for a walk and listen to either a happier uplifting podcast or music or something like that but if I don't have the capability of doing that, sometimes I'll do some of these other techniques such as deep breathing or just listening to music in my apartment, things like that. So that is that one. And I want to make the point of stressing, don't just like watch a movie or TV show that's going to cause you to be like more upset. Although there, there might be benefits in watching something like if, like I said, if you want to have a damn good cry and like you want to listen to something that'll like really help you let those emotions out, maybe that'll help. But meh, I don't know. For me, I always just prefer something that I know is going to make me feel happy. That's why I tend to rewatch the same things like all the time that I know make me feel positive, but that's just me. You can figure out what works for you. Moving on to number seven, spirituality. This is going to be very individualized for per person. So if you're someone who is very spirit and this, you can interpret this in whatever way you want. If you enjoy praying or, or going to church or to a synagogue or mosque or whatever belief system you have, whatever form of spirituality works for you. Um, or I, I put this under spirituality because I feel, feel it relates kind of to our spirit and our soul, but do it just finding something you love or doing something that's a hobby of yours to feel better. So for instance, if you're really into knitting, that's just a random one, but there's, there's obviously plenty of things you could do. So, um, I'm trying to think of like other ones. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. I can't think of anything else. I'm having a mind blank. But you figure out what you love, what hobbies you enjoy, what things you enjoy doing. 
put that on your to-do list. And then eight is work. <laughs> so I put this, I put this down. And so I do want to say like, I don't want you to become a workaholic necessarily, but sometimes if you're feeling stressed or emotional, sometimes just distracting yourself with doing something else can be helpful until, and, and so like you don't have to feel the feelings and I don't want to tell you not to feel the feelings because it is important to feel the feelings, but I understand that sometimes that's hence why this like whole episode is coping mechanisms. And like I said, this isn't about trying to bandaid fix trauma. And so if there are like deeper feelings you need to address, you're going to have to address those. But if there's just like, you know, your daily stressors or something or like something that kind of made you a little sad that isn't like a big deal. I mean, if it's something that you can dig deeper on and figure out like, oh, I was sad because of X or because of Y, which related to X and Y in my past. And, you know, there's you're going to have to judge for yourself where it makes sense or not. Don't use it as a Band-Aid fix. But that being said, there are times where we're just going to have to find some way of dealing with what we feel. And so putting working on something or your schoolwork or your actual work or or even just like learning a new skill or anything like that, there are plenty of different things you could do that I can like work isn't like work, work, like work for money. It's whatever form of work you want to title this as. That's why it's just like a catch all sort of thing. I also wanted to include just like hashtag get something done. <laughs> this is for all the people like me out there who struggle with being lazy <laughs> Um, and when I say this, it's because I, so I'm, I, I'm not like a slob necessarily, but sometimes I let things get untidy or particularly because I live alone. I was so much better about cleaning my dishes when I actually lived with people and I felt the need to actually be more tidy and clean around other people. So I've actually noticed that I've become less clean when I live alone, which is kind of sad, but things like that. So for instance, like doing laundry or cleaning the house or cleaning the dishes or reorganizing or going through drawers and cabinets and decluttering and deep cleaning your bathroom that I hate doing, all those different random things. Even if you don't want to do it, if you do it, you will feel better because who doesn't want a freaking clean bathroom, like a deep scrub bathtub or, you know, something like that. And so if you're not feeling great, do one of those things, even if you don't want to do it and you're still going to be happy you did it and you're going to be proud of yourself too. And so that's a great tip because I have noticed sometimes I haven't felt great and I'll do my dishes and I still might not feel super great, but at least I'm like, oh yeah, things are clean. Woo, go me. So these are, as I mentioned, not an exhaustive list, but a a quick summary of different things that you could try out. And maybe what I would recommend for you is obviously just like figure out what works best for you. What do you feel are good strategies and tips for you in different scenarios? And then just start to make those, I don't want to say like habits, but like make sure that you build up that toolbox and so that you can draw on them when you need to. All right, that concludes today's episode. Thank you so much, and I will catch you in the next one.